And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty is on the air now. Welcome back to Seven Fifty-Five is Real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer at the Athletic, with my co-host Eric O'Flaherty out in uh, Washington State. What's up, Eric? What up, Dave? Well, it's here, man. Are very close. A couple more days. Opening day. That's a long spring, man. When you go from three and a half weeks last year in the uh, pandemic shortened, or the lockout shortened spring training to uh, back to a normal spring training, which was actually a few days longer because of the WBC. Right. Man, it's felt so long. Every spring feels like it takes forever. Yeah. There's so much. It's just so redundant. You know, it's the same thing every day. Same food. Yeah. Yep. Games don't matter. There's no events, you know, and then all of a sudden it's no. over. And you sometimes you're like kind of asleep at the wheel when the season starts. You know, you got to snap into it. But most of the time you're chomping at the bit and can't wait for it. I, I, it's going to be curious because on that, along those lines, I'm I'm kind of kind of interested to see how the Braves come out of the gates because talk about sleepwalking. I think it's one thing if you'd have been opening against the Mets or the Phillies, you know, especially on the road or at home. But they're opening on the road against the Washington Nationals. Yeah. And, I mean, you couldn't possibly look for a much better matchup for the Braves uh, as far as wanting to get off to a good start. Then you go to St. Louis from there, it's totally different. But the Nationals, though, a three-game series against the Nationals, that's a bad team, man. And that's a bad matchup for the for the Nationals in Game One. Max Freed against Patrick Corbin, who scuffled. Uh, you know, it's like the opening the opening series. Though I think this would be the best time to play a bad team. Yeah, because you're you, be jacked up. You're just jacked up. You know, you, yeah. and, and your numbers are counting. You know, if you give up a four spot in spring training, it's like who cares? Yeah, but you give up a four spot, or you know, Max has a bad start. It's like it might take him two three weeks to work that off. Same with right. hitters. If they have a bad series, you know, I mean, 0 for 12 or something like that. It's just the way that it it starts being official and how drastic your numbers swing that early on. You know, I mean, if you're if you're a vet, you're smart enough to know it doesn't matter if it says 125 up there for your batting average for a week, but nobody wants to walk up to the plate and see that. Yeah, yeah. And there's going to be that inherent excitement of just this opening day. They're going to have yeah. the national anthem. They have flyover and all that crap. So Opening uh, day never gets old. It's the coolest right. thing in baseball. Um, but the matchup, it's almost one of those where if you were betting, this is almost so one-sided, you feel uncomfortable betting because, you know, it's like it's too ridiculously one-sided. Braves have won five straight NL East titles. They're coming off a 101 season. The Nationals traded Juan Soto last summer, and they lost 107 games last year. And they're almost certainly going to finish last in the NL East this year. Yeah. Behind probably quite a ways behind the fourth place Marlins, who should be pretty decent because of their pitching and a couple couple of position, a couple of hitters too. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, that's just, it's just a good thing that they have that opening day energy because these are the series that when they do happen in July or something like that, you can kind of sleepwalk into and get hurt. But yeah, that opening series, man, it's just like it's opening day, all the introductions. You know, unless you go to the playoffs, you don't get a chance as a player to jog out on the field and have your name called right, the rest of the right. year. So it's like your one chance to stand out there on the field, have the national anthem, have it be official, you know, and – there's just something so cool about a brand new season and a fresh start that, you know, whatever happened last year, this could be your year. And if you had a great year last year, you want to repeat it and prove that you can do it again. So usually that opening series, I wouldn't worry about, you know, not being prepared, yeah. but you're right. I mean, it could be like, you could be like plus 400 to bet on the nationals. <laughs> <laughs> and the Braves, the Braves consider, it's almost like they they have built-in motivation each year. Something has happened where yeah. f- where the Braves have not been the favorite, according to a lot of people. Most of these years they've won it, most of the five, I'd say four of them, they were not picked. They were not a consensus pick, or and some years not picked by anybody to win the division. This I feel year, like every year it's like that. It, it really has been like that. And this year, you would think after winning 101 games, but you look at the money the Mets spent, which was historic amounts of money, largest payroll in the history of the sport, um, Largest payroll in any sport, I think. And when you look at the Phillies, who beat these guys last year in the postseason and went to the got World Series. So, once again, you got plenty of people that are picking against the Braves. Uh, it's pretty close, you know, it's, or it's pretty even about who's being picked to win the division. The Braves are – some people pick them again, finally. Some people, like, reluctantly pick the Braves because every year they don't, they win the division. <laughs> yeah. But they're still not an overwhelming favorite by any by any means to win the division, if they're a favorite at all. Well, it's, people, this is the toughest more people the division's know, been. Yeah. More know, people in the know do, though. Yeah, I think so. More, more your hardcore baseball people. I mean, you look in some of these places, uh, really what you think of as the authorities uh, uh, when it comes to picking it. And most people have the Braves as one of the top two, three, four teams in baseball. Pretty much everybody's got the Astros, uh, and rightfully so, as the number one team. But the Braves are, are not far behind them as, in the view of most people. No, and they've earned that. Yeah. Yeah. But you're talking about opening day. Max Freed making his third consecutive OD start for the Braves. And he had a great spring, by the way. As good yeah. as I've seen him in the spring. He really was sharp. Um, Nationals going with Patrick Corbin. His last two seasons – Patrick Corbin is 15 and 35 with a 6.05 ERA, and he's the opening day starter. 6.05 ERA the last two seasons. I know what that feels like. That's the worst, man. I mean, it's like, you're almost like a a big contract, too. He's not going to not take the money. Yeah. But to to keep getting paid like that and have to just go out there and get your ass handed to you to get the money, you know, you just hope. you know, for his sake, not not in this first series, but at some point, just for his sanity long term, I hope is something clicks and he can f- find something to you know get through the rest of the contract with. They, and you know, he's no dummy. He knows what people say about him and the fact that he's dragging down. You know, him and Strasburg both their contracts are dragging down the Nats. They can't really add a bunch of people because of what they're paying these guys. You know, he hears that stuff. You know, you yeah. got to be uncomfortable walking around. I mean, yeah. I doubt well, his kids get, are walking around in Corbin jerseys. The way you get treated, too. You know, I mean, it's yeah. like it, when you're struggling that bad, there's no good response. You know, it, it, just to not acknowledge this is the only thing a person can do and not make you feel worse. 
Right. This, right. The pat on the back, you know, a little back rub. <laughs> yeah. It's like after yeah. the game, it's like, okay, you saw I suck too. You know, and some people treat you, they, everybody just treats you like the guy that sucks in their own way. And they're not trying to. And when, even yeah. when they're trying to be nice, it's still like, well, you treat me like this because I suck. And you got to yeah. walk around the clubhouse day in, day out and feel that energy for people. You know, whether they don't talk to you the next day, whether they tell you to keep your head up, whatever it is, every single thing that happens is a, it's a reminder of, oh yeah, yesterday went shitty. Yeah. And he's, I mean, he's been in this cycle for two years. It's, it's really hard to get out of, especially with the same organization. And, and really, it's it's all, it's really three if you count the pandemic shortened season. Twenty twenty, yeah. he had a four six six ERA that yeah. year. After being good the year before that, um, that year you can kind of be like, yeah, I don't know, it was a weird season. But the next right. two, and la- he led the majors in hits allowed that year in twenty twenty eighty five and sixty five innings. So that was kind of a harbinger of what was to come because it was straight downhill from there. But here, not only have those two years been really bad, those three years, but look what he's done against the Braves. He's been particularly awful against the Braves. The past three seasons against the Braves, I just figured this out today, 0-7 with a 7.80 ERA in nine starts against Atlanta in the last three years. (laughs) Well, and that's the thing that happens too when you're in a division. You keep seeing these teams. Yeah, that have been beating your ass. You know, it's it's like for me that the Giants or the, there were certain teams where no matter what happened, when I went to that stadium or faced that team, uh-huh. those are the games you catch yeah. bad breaks even when you're hot. And then when you're bad, they put up a five spot on you. But when it's your division and the teams that are in your division beating your ass, it's like you, yeah, it's it's just it's crazy how momentum works in baseball. I guess his only saving grace is he knows a few of the people that really hurt him. Like Freddie Freeman and Dansby Swanson yeah. are gone, mm-hmm. but uh, Braves got some some hitters that'll light up some lefties. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, but uh, yeah, and it's not just it's obviously it's not just him. They've just got a really bad lineup, man. They just if you look up and down, and you know they're doing without Steven Strasburg once again, making all that cash. He's got the nerve issue with uh, thoracic outlet syndrome surgery that he had he's still out with that then a couple of the good relievers are out sean doolittle's rehabbing from that internal brace surgery on his elbow carter kaiboom had tj surgery so i mean if they had everybody healthy those pitchers those two stars and those two relievers might be a whole different story but um this projected opening day lineup for the nats listen to this thing compared to the braves they got lane thomas dominic smith joey manessis Corey Dickerson hitting cleanup, Heimer Candelaria, third base, Louis Garcia at second, Kybert Ruiz catching, C.J. Abrams at short. He's good. I saw, I saw him last year, kid from uh, Atlanta area. And Victor Robles in center, who I thought was going to be a perpetual uh, yeah. gold glover in center, but I don't know what is. but he has not been. He has not developed the way I thought he would be. But uh, that's their he makes lineup. makes some plays. Yeah. That's their lineup compared to this Braves potential possible OD lineup. Acuna, Olsen, Riley, Ozuna, Michael Harris, Ozzie Albies, Sean Murphy, Eddie Rosario, and Orlando Arcia. I mean, that's, uh, that's two different levels, man. Especially if Ozuna keeps doing what he's been doing in the spring. It's a good spring. Yeah, he's yeah. Good, real promising. Um, Ozzie Albies really – He's look good. All four of his homers, by the way, left-handed. Three of them, he's pulled to the corner in right field. Isn't he normally the other way around? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and he had the shoulder operated on, you know, for the thing that had bothered him for a while. He had scoped, had it scoped after the season. And I think it's probably made a difference in his swing from the left side. Yeah, a lot of times, you know, I don't know what his issue was, but if you can't get um, external rotation in your shoulder, if that hurts you, you can't really lag the bat through your swing the same way. Uh-huh. So it wouldn't bother him swinging righty, but lefty, when you crank that shoulder back, external is where it goes back, and that's how it rotates backward through your swing and allows you to keep the bat back longer. If you have, you know, it's just, it, it's like all injuries, one little thing hampering one little range of motion. You know, a guy can be, playing but he's really playing at 70 percent and if you're a switch hitter you can have one swing at 60 or 70 percent and the other way doesn't bother you at all what do we have this uh somebody uh yeah the Braves are playing their last game of the of the spring i tell you these last couple down there have been like really weird because so many teams are done and they went home to play those exhibitions like the Braves used to i'm glad they don't do that anymore they've opened on the road so many times that it's easier for them just to finish down there and go, and go wherever yeah. they're going. Yeah. Rather than come home and play those two exhibition games like they used to or against the futures, you know, against their prospects. They did that when they were rebuilding. But now they kind of lately they've opened on the road so many times they just fly from from down there to the next place and have a day, you know, a day off. So I think that works better for them. But it's a weird situation when you're one of the last teams down at, you know, your spring training site. Everybody's already packed up. And everybody's playing games, their final spring games in major league parks. Yeah. I always like that because it gives you a time to settle into the city. You know, and you kind of mix it up. You get prepared. You get a little bit. You're going to get a game as a reliever. Starters won't, but the hitters are all going to get in there. So you get a game under lights, you know, in the big stadium with the third deck. But mainly yeah. just that chance to yeah, – because, like, one of the biggest distractions of pain in the ass is it's just getting your apartment set up wherever you're – Living and for ninety percent of the guys, they don't have houses in their city, you know, because there's so much right. turnover in baseball. But right. I always like that. That'd be kind of I don't know what the logistics of it would be. I guess you'd ship everything, your car and bags and all that, to the stadium, and then just you know hop on the plane with your road bag. But yeah, not not, not easy if you're if you're uh, moving to Atlanta and you haven't. But a lot yeah. of that is guys take care of that stuff smartly if they have a chance before spring training. Go to Atlanta for a few days, get settled in, and then drive down to spring training with their. Yeah, cars. then you're paying an extra month and a half of rent. Yeah, you know, so it's, can it, afford it. it. Yeah, most guys don't care, but for me, I was like, I'm not paying an extra eight grand, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not even there. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Somebody asked, "What? How much different is spring training pitching 
than regular season? I mean, that's a, a real general question, and I think it depends, obviously. But how much stock do we put into spring training stats? Just hoping Olsen and others keep hitting like they have in spring. Obviously, you want to hit better. You want to hit well in spring. Yeah, you but, don't want to suck. But I think they're more uh, representative of pl- established players. Me in too. other words, in other words, there's always these one- spring wonders. These guys that we I remember covering the Marlins. Some guy led the majors one year in home runs, and I can't even remember his name because he never did anything in the major leagues. But he had like eight or nine homers one spring. He was this sensation, you know, and there's always yep. those guys that hit 400 or whatever. And a lot of those, if you go back and look, came late in games against minor league pitching or early in the spring when the starters, when when the, when most of the fringe guys were pitching. So a lot of those came in those or against guys that are working on stuff, you know, against yep. starters who, you know, early in spring that aren't really throwing you their best stuff. They don't know who you are. They're just working on things. So you have to take that with a grain of salt. But I mean. Certainly, you look at Matt Olson's numbers, and I think they're a direct result of the swing changes he made in the offseason. I'm going to get into that in a story I'm doing tomorrow, but he really worked on that in the offseason, tangible difference in his swing. Um, and also being more relaxed. This is a guy that was literally dropped into spring training a year ago in the first week of a three-and-a-half-week spring training when he was traded to the Braves from Oakland. And he was bombarded with interview requests and all that. And he's, filling, he's replacing Freddie Freeman. There's a lot. That's a lot for a guy that's kind of a quiet guy you need to get to know. He needs to get to know you, that kind of thing. So I think there's reasons for him to be doing what he's doing. Also, you love seeing Ozzy do what he's doing, especially from the left side. So there's certain things you can focus on and put something in him and go, that's a good sign for sure. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, Because if Matt Olson gets in there against you during spring training, you know who he is. So you're going to pitch him with respect. Right. When number 97 gets in there and you've never heard of him, you're not looking up to see what his batting average is, whether he's had a good spring or not. You're just like, all right, this is, you know, number 4,000 from double A last year. And you just attack him. When yeah. Matt Olson gets in there, you're like, okay, seen his highlights. I need to be careful with this guy. So you just naturally are going to pitch him a little tougher. Right. And so for me, and there's no scouting reports either. I, maybe starters. I think some starters go over scouting and who they're facing and everything, and so they can uh-huh. practice working on a game plan. But then the second half is just a reliever coming in. And I, half the time when I was pitching in spring training as a reliever, it might be a catcher that never even caught me before. You know, right? So right. that whole side of the game, which is so important, is is all that scouting and whatnot. But Matt also has the shift working in his favor. Finally, there's no shift. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I didn't even mention that. That's big. Yeah. That's big. It's Aussie left-handed, looking good. Um, but, you know, it's for me, it's more anything. It's like when you look at veteran players, they can hit big league pitching. So they're not going to be phased by the level of stuff they're seeing, regardless of who it is. And that tells you if they're putting up their numbers that their swing's locked in. Because usually with a guy like Matt that's struggling or Ozzy that's struggling, it's not a matter of whether they belong or not. They've already proven that. But it's whether they're locked in or not. Whether when they get the pitch to hit, they do damage on it. And so if, if Matt's getting pitches to hit – He's obviously doing his damage on him. It's a really good sign for a veteran that he's locked in because you know he's getting pitched tough. If it's, you know, like we said, it's whoever you can't even remember the guy that did it in spring training for the Marlins one year because he was, I'm sure he was locked in too, but there's no scouting or anything to really expose his weaknesses or attack him in a way. And I think catchers probably had the same mindset. You know, it's like a oh, minor league guy is going to be hacking at fastball. Right, we'll pitch right. him this way. You don't even know. Maybe he does. Maybe he has off-speed bat speed, and you play right into his favor. 
But yeah, I, I, I definitely think you hit the nail on the head with that. Uh, established major leaguers that put up numbers in spring training is something to get excited about. Uh, Ronald Acuna, you know, didn't do much in the WBC, but he came back and, and has looked really good the last few games, but he had a game yesterday, dude. He hit a, he hit a bomb over the left field berm that cleared everything and legged out a triple where he was busting ass the whole way. And that, that was impressive. So I gotta you, see you, that Homer. you, you love seeing him, uh, do a little bit at the end of spring, go in with some momentum into the season. It was impressive. Yeah, I looked that up. That swing was it was one of those classic Acuna. You see, look- his swing looks back. For me, he looks he's right. letting it loose. It doesn't. I you know the thing that you'd see last year a lot that made me wonder was when he'd kind of buckle or, or land. It, well, he it seemed like, feel it was, like he could rotate. He didn't think he yeah, could rotate. He looked a little unstable and, and off balance a lot of times. Like he was still kind of guarding it. Mm-hmm. He's letting it loose this this year. Yeah. Uh, so between the running. The throw he, he made the other day, took a bad hop on that hard field, and Darno couldn't stop it. But it was a hell of a throw from right field that would have caught the runner if Darno would have been able to catch it. But it was strong. So I saw that. I saw good that signs from him. Good signs from him. Somebody asked me about uh, – this. Is, I don't know if it's the same guy that asked me on Twitter, but asked me about Christian Pache. He's probably going to get DFA'd after one year in Oakland. I mean, what do you want me to say, dude? It's like – I know people like get attached to your own prospects that, you know, you might've met him, got his autograph. You like him for whatever reason, but if the, if the Oakland A's release him, I think that should be a sign to you that they, they really don't see much in this guy. And there's reason now to believe that he just can't hit at the major Mm -hmm. league level because it's not like he's just got one chance. They let him start every game last year for that first half of the season. They gave him every opportunity to nail down a spot and it got so bad they had to they had to option him. I mean, he lost a spot. And this was his third major league season, parts of his third major league season. But that was a team with no pressure. Right. Nobody expecting anything from him. You got a manager in Kotze that was perfect for a guy like that. They told him, just go out and play. You're not, you don't have to look over your shoulder. And he hit 166 with a 459 OPS last year in 91 games. That's 260 plate appearances. So that's now, a fair after, shot. And after 332 plate appearances in the majors, that's 115 games over parts of three seasons with the Braves and A's. The guy's hitting 156 with a 439 OPS. Those are pitchers hitting numbers. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go and, and assume. 97 strikeouts a... and 17 walks. <laughs> it's Two tough. stolen bases. That's a... That's inexplicable, too, because the guy can run. Nobody understands yeah. why he cannot steal bases, but he cannot steal bases. Did he get caught a lot? No. He stole he two in try. four attempts. He got caught yeah. twice. Got caught well, in minors a lot. When he tried. I'll put it this way. That's a guy that if he's going to figure it out, it's he's going to need some time in AAA. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a new if start, new team. New team, new everything, but it's not a guy that you'd pick up in the Braves situation. And right, they have no. I mean, you're trying they don't to win. Need that. Yeah, they don't that's, need that. that's a guy that needs development. Yeah, I mean, there's no amount of defense that offsets that poor of an offense. Uh, that that poor of hitting. You I mean, if you were hit. playing left and center, maybe <laughs> you know, yeah, if you, you were able, able to cover to hit some to a degree. Yeah, you can't no hit way. sub 200 with no power. No, or with little power. 
and without walks. I mean, there's just nothing there. He's got to yeah. he's got to do so much better. So fresh start might be the exactly what he needs somewhere. But uh, yeah, I mean, if the A's are releasing you, whew, that's not a good sign, man. But they got a lot yeah, of young dude. players. They made they made a lot of trades in the offseason. Yep. And uh, he's out of options now. So did you see they were the I'm fifth the most profitable options, yeah. team? Days. Yeah. Profit sharing, man. Those yep. those teams that those teams that get revenue sharing, like Pirates, Marlins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what that's not right. That's not right. They should have to spend a certain percentage of that. That's what I think. World. I think there should be a it, it, even if it all has to go towards your I guess then you could just only spend that, but there should be a, a salary floor, I think. It's not fair to the fans of teams like that that, you know, Pirates fans have been supporting them for how long and yeah. They're just not even gonna try. Yeah. Uh somebody asked about stolen bases. Has there been more in uh spring training? You know, it hasn't been as prevalent as I thought, but there have been certain guys that go and and because some guys I just don't think that they're they're they want to run in spring training. They don't want to risk injury, you know, with the fingers, with the hamstrings, whatever. Uh, but other guys are going and they, it's pretty obvious that it's easier to steal bases if you are a base stealer. Yeah. The Braves had a couple of them before they got optioned, man. Justin Dean and uh, Forrest Wall, two outfielders. Those guys can run, man. I'm telling you. We might see one or both of those guys at some point this year if there's an injury or whatever. But they can run. And they can also hit and play defense. So, But the Forrest Wall, dude, he uh, he really impressed a lot of people. with He, he had a home run saving catch. Stole a ton of bases. Uh but I'm looking at the numbers now. Bryce Johnson of the Giants, he stole 12 bases without getting caught in 16 games. 42 at-bats. That's a lot. Yeah, you get 600 in a season. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about like Vince Coleman pace, uh, Ricky Henderson pace back in the yeah. day, stolen bases when you That's steal over 100. That's like 120. Yeah. Uh, Jose Siri from Tampa Bay. Stole 10 and 11 attempts so far. Uh, dude from Colorado, Veen, stole eight and nine attempts. And then you're getting down to the Braves guys I talked about. Justin Dean stole six without getting caught. And he only had 16 at-bats. <laughs> uh, uh, Forrest Wall had 28 at-bats, stole six bases without getting caught. That dude hit 393. If the Braves weren't, you know, a staff, they didn't have all these guys established in their lineup. They would have seriously looked at this guy because he can play defense. He had 393, was on base, 469 OBP. I mean, uh, yeah, his OBP. He only struck out seven times, four walks. He made a good impression. Snit liked everything about him, forced wall. So, but anyway, to answer your question. Yeah, but answer your question. Yeah, there's a lot of guys stealing. And the thing that jumps out, if you look at all the guys that have stolen like five or more bases, there's about. 23 of them that have stole at least five bases. I'm looking down that list. Only one of those guys has been caught more than once. The rest of them have been caught zero or one time. Wow. That's a lot. I just, I, lot. I didn't think the stupid, you know, the, the little bit bigger bases would make really that much of a difference. But the pitcher pickoff moves too. That's a big, that's a game changer. They're going. You yeah. get one, the pitcher makes that one, and he doesn't even want to do the second one, you know? Because then you, know you do the sure. second one, and then you really are screwed. So they're real hesitant to do a second pickoff throw. 
Well, yeah, so I mean, I've if got, they get two, you can get a huge lead and try to bait them into throwing over there with right. the without the idea of even trying to steal. You know, just see if you can get them to pick and, and get your way back. And yeah, and, and I think that's where a guy like Murphy can really be huge this year. The back I mean, pick, the back pick, and uh, and being able to throw guys out. Um, I think he's really going to be uh, a big factor, big factor in games, pick back, holding guys, so that a pitcher doesn't have to worry so much about it. I mean, he can get it down there in a hurry and accurately. So that's going to be interesting. I'm really interested to see how that goes. I, you know, one other thing that's really kind of changed in the game is because velocity has become so important, a lot of guys have big deliveries. You know, a lot of those, especially those hard, those hard throwers. Yeah. I mean, I know they get it there quick, but they have big leg kicks. They drive to the plate. Kind of big, long deliveries to to generate that power. Um, for me, the easiest way to hold runners was always just being quick to the plate. Yeah, I mean, I had a terrible pickoff move, but I could see that leading to, especially with now, you know, those those pickoff rules and stuff, and a guy's got a long delivery, and it's a yeah. right-hander who can't even, you know, you can go first move on him. That could get that could get pretty uh, bene- that could be beneficial for the runners. Somebody said somebody's watching the game said Cunha uh, has two singles and a walk today. I don't have it on my phone right now. I came back yesterday, so I'd have a day here in uh, town before going up to D.C. But um, looking at the roster, it hasn't been announced yet. The Braves never announced it till the last day before, you know, just in case something happens. Some guy turns his ankle walking, uh, you know, stepping off a curb. Some guy becomes available. They didn't think was going to become available. Yeah. All of a sudden, they DFA somebody. But barring any unexpected changes – we do know what the roster is going to be. And uh, for those who haven't really been keeping track, close track of it, here it is. You're going to have five outfielders. They got Acuna Harris, obviously. Rosario, who's had a good spring. He had two homers in the WBC, came back and hit two uh, homers in consecutive days for the Braves. That was another really good sign. Yeah. I mean, the vision thing just obviously affected him in a huge way last year. So if he's hitting like that, I don't think you're going to see a platoon in left field. I think you'll see some guys hitting against some particularly tough lefties, but I think you'll see Rosario out there, you know, three-fourths of the time or more at least. So I don't think it's going to be any kind of a platoon. But anyway, the other two, uh, the extras are Kevin Pillar, Sam Hilliard. Pillar's the proverbial uh, gritty grinder type, the veteran presence that uh, all the stuff that gets mocked on Twitter but is appreciated in the clubhouse. (laughs) (laughs) Sam Hilliard, he he was on a minor league deal. Pilar, if he if they didn't keep him, he could opt out at the end of spring training, which he would have done because some other team would have wanted him. Uh, and he had a good spring. He played well. Uh, I don't know what the numbers said, but he played well, especially defense. Sam Hilliard, he's he's pretty interesting. He had a good spring. He hits the ball hard. He's a big dude, but he can run, man. He can run, and he plays good defense, good athleticism. So that uh, bench looks pretty good with uh, those two outfield and then Adrian's as a utility guy. Yeah. Two guys had <coughs> two other outfielders. Eli White had a great spring. He would have made the team if it wasn't for having guys on a minor league deal or guys out of options. Eli White would have made it because he did it with his performance. It said he should have been on the team. But he had options just like Jordan Luplo. So you use those options. You option those guys. You protect your depth just like they did at uh, infield. You know, we discussed that when they keep – when they keep Arcia, they option Grissom and Shoemake. They keep Arcia and they have uh, Adrian as a utility guy. You keep your depth. 
They did the same thing with outfield by optioning those two guys. Guys, let's take a quick break, and then we'll finish up the show. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Reddick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash. Or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant. Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. So there's your five outfielders. Starting pitchers, you're going to start technically on the OD roster with only four. Freed, Spencer Strider, Charlie Morton, and Jared Schuster. Kyle Wright's going to start the season on the, on the uh, IL just because it's, it's listed as shoulder inflammation, but his shoulder's not inflamed anymore. He had a cortisone shot in January. He's still building from the cortisone from because he missed like three weeks, four weeks of camp. He's only made two Grayford League starts. He gave up two homers in each of those. So rather than the original plan was to make one minor league start down there on, uh, on Thursday and then join the rotation and the opening trips. Instead, they're going to have him start one for AAA Gwinnett at, at uh, Norfolk too, a regular season minor league game. Make one extra start, spend a little more time down there, and then join the rotation. So the result is the two rookies who were fighting for that fifth spot are both going to make starts in the opening uh, road trips. So you're going to have two guys making their major league debuts with starts on their opening trip. Jared Schuster and Dylan Dodd, the two 24-year lefties who pitched great this spring. They looked like they totally belong. We'll see yeah. when the regular season starts, but they look good. And they're both going to get a start on the opening trip to D.C. and St. Louis. Dodd's going to start the fifth game. Schuster's going to start the third game. Charlie Morton will slip in at the fourth starter. So Schuster's starting in D.C. Yes, which I think is a good move, too. Uh, Major League debut, I think doing it in D.C. 
in front of a small crowd and a crappy team. You know, not that, not that it's still a major league team and they still could knock yeah. his, you know. Yeah. But, but you like that option of uh, having that rather than having both Schuster and Dodd start making their major league debuts in the at same St. Series. Louis. Yeah. At St. Louis, where yeah. you know it's going to be sold out for that opening series. Yeah. And they got a pretty good lineup too in St. Louis, pretty good team. So I like that better. And Charlie Morton starts the opener there where the place will be packed and a frenzy at uh, St. Louis. So good move. I like that. Then Dodd starts game five. And then Wright will join the rotation for the second home series. They can backdate his thing only to March 27th. So he'll be eligible like the 11th uh, to start. So it'll be the second home series. That's when he'll start. And then they'll have to make a move at that point. Presuming he'll he'll replace Dodd, I mean, unless something happens, one of those guys pitches great, the other doesn't. But but that's that's the that's what is we presume will happen, and uh, and uh, he'll have to uh, they'll have to make a forty man roster move as well, and that would involve more than likely Tonkin, the guy they're carrying on the opening. They're carrying nine relievers on the opening day roster because they can because you only need four starters. And that way you can get Tonkin. Maybe you have a better chance of getting him through waivers like four or five days into the season yep. than you would if you try to do it right now. He's out of options. You know, no, he's no, uh, he's no Mariano Rivera, but he's throws hard. It's good. He's a, he's a good guy to have. If you can keep him, you can keep him. That's a nice depth to have. So he'll start out and then they'll try. And he's more than likely going to be the guy that gets, uh, gets in. the big, uh, the one that Such made a the, tough spot to be in. No. Oh, yeah. You know, Nick Anderson player makes too. It. And Nick Anderson makes the opening day bullpen because Rossiel Iglesias, that's the big injury yep. for the Braves. He starts the year on the IL, shoulder inflammation. They hope he's on, you know, he's back in a couple of weeks. We'll see. But Nick Anderson, that's a that's a good option to put in there because he had a good spring. They wanted him to keep building up, pitching some AAA games, but he looked good in spring. So bullpen still has a lot of depth, even without Iglesias. So you got Joey Menez, Colin McHugh, Jesse Chavez. Our favorite, Kirby I love Yates. that he made the team. Nick Anderson, Michael Tonkin. You're going to have six right-handers in the opening day bullpen. A.J. Mentor, Dylan Lee, Lucas Lukey for left-handers. Three lefties. That's solid. Yeah. I and, counted as two because I think Mentor's going to close. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Mentor will get all the save opportunities early on. Unless they try to go three. He won't do three straight in the first week of the season, which they might have it, you know, with the Nationals. But they also might not have some save opportunities there. They might be big margins. We'll yeah. see. Uh, but the rotation looks like to start out, you go Max Freed, game one, Spencer Strider, two, Schuster, game three. Then the Cardinals, you have Morton, Dylan Dodd making his debut. Then you got Freed pitching the series finale there. And then coming home for the home opener, April 6th against the Padres, would be Strider. So that, that shakes out pretty well. That, that's a good – I'm excited to see Strider pitch. Yeah, it's a good alignment. Yeah. He'll start out pitching against the Nats, and then he'll pitch the second will be against the Padres. So um, then then uh, the rest of the roster, you got DH, you got Marcelo Zuna. Had a good spring, man. And uh, you know what? He's going. I think he'll end up playing some left field because, you know, when he came in, we kind of rolled our eyes when he said he worked on the shoulder, strengthening it this offseason with a regimen. But he really did make stronger throws. It was noticeably stronger throws from the outfield where where I don't think it's going to kill you like it has the last few years when he's had to play the outfield. 
So there's some of those guys, man. You're like, have you ever? But you just as a thrower, you know, as a pitcher, you'd wa- I'd watch some outfielders through my career and be like, dude, have you ever put any thought into this? Some, <laughs> like some guys, some guys' bodies just can't rotate like that. But when you can do it, it seems so simple. And you're like, dude, get out there and long toss like three times a week, you'll be fine. Yeah. And you watch them throw from the outfield, and it's just a you know a 200 foot changeup. You're like, man, <laughs> can you just put some effort into these throws? So I mean, the guys that have never really worked on it. I think if they really go out and focus on it, uh, long toss, do some arm exercises, and, and work on their technique a little bit, you can gain quite a bit with, with some focus. Uh, somebody thinks Acuna, Ozzie, and Harris all steal 30 bases this year. I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, that's yeah. almost never been done. We looked it up the other day, but they've got the guys that can do it. Um, I don't know about Ozzy stealing that many, but he's had 20. Harris and, and Acuna for sure. Acuna stole 37 his first full season, and, and that was with the – he had the, the last week he had a bad hammy, or he would have been 40-40 that year, almost certainly. Yeah. So they got some guys that – those three guys can do it for sure. Um, yeah, and it'll be interesting when it's the real season to see how much right. those bases make a difference versus spring training where you're, you know, you're not trying yeah. to win. Utility, you got Adrianzo. We've talked about that. Uh, there's currently one spot on the 40 man open and, and, uh, they'll need four spots, but they'll get those other three by putting Matzik, Waskari Noah and Kobe Allard, three pitchers, putting them, them on the 60 day IL that will open up three spots. Um, cause you got to add Pilar, Adrianza and Chavez are all on minor league deals and Dodd, who's not on the 40. You're going to have to add four guys. Yeah. So, um, we did some things to the athletic. I had the biggest surprise at camp. I had, uh, I had the, the rise of Schuster and Dylan Dodd because yeah. they came in, they came in in spring and they weren't even mentioned as fifth starter mm-hmm. candidates, not even mentioned. It was Ian Anderson and Soroka were the two front runners followed by Bryce Elder. Soroka hurt a hamstring the eve of spring training. Uh, and Ian Anderson and Bryce just didn't pitch well, didn't throw strikes. So they got options because the other two lefties, the rookies, were the prospects were throwing so great. The Braves didn't make, didn't, didn't spin their wheels. They said, "Look, we're going to give the, we don't have a lot of innings the rest of spring training. We want to see these kids, so let's do it." Yeah. And they kept responding even after, even after the focus moved to them as the two front runners for that fifth spot. They they still kept pitching well. So against big league lineups too. Yeah. At the end of spring, teams were running out legitimate legitimate lineups. Yeah, I think if you, it, I think that's the best way to do it. Even if you have a hunch that these guys, you know, maybe you watched them in Double A, Triple A, and you, you thought these guys could come in and compete. I think it's the best way to do it is to kind of let them get their feet under them, get some momentum before it's even mentioned, you know, as a possibility. Right. Because now when it gets brought to your locker and you've already had three, four good starts under your belt, you got to like, well, I just got to keep doing what I'm doing. But right. if you come into camp with some hype around you and, you know, answering questions. It's the less you can acknowledge the competition and everything riding on each start, the better it is for a young guy. I also think it helped both of those guys having the other there rather than being just the one guy, you know, competing with those other dudes for fifth starter. There are two guys in the same spot, same age, you know, neither one of them mentioned coming in as candidates and here they are both pitching great and they're friends. That helps too. So, um, it's funny, Snit did something he said he's never done before. He brought in two guys t- together to his office. And uh, what was it? Uh, Dodd said, 
I thought it was weird. I said, he said, is that, are they really going to tell one of us we made it and the other we didn't? <laughs> but Schuster yeah. kind of figured it. He, he thought, he, Schuster, I think, kind of figured it out. Like, they wouldn't do that. So <laughs> they didn't know Wright was going on the IL. Neither one of them did. But Schuster had a feeling that something was up that they were both going to do it because he didn't think that Snit would do that if they weren't going to make it. Just raise so, one of their gloves for who won the fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah, that'd Snit? be awkward. Smith saying, well, you both got – you guys pitched well, but we got to make one choice, and, you know, you made it. Thanks for participating. You're, you're gone. <laughs> he didn't yeah, do that. I though. mean, I guess you Pulled can see, together. too, that the, one of them would be thinking if the other one made it coming out of the office with a big smile on his face, like, fuck, I didn't. Right, right, right. That's, right. A, that's a good way to do it. So Kinda we told awkward. them at the same time, and it made their days, obviously, and uh, they were both ecstatic. So the rare smile some of those videos. Schuster. Have you seen any of those videos of guys getting told they yeah. made the major leagues? Yeah, those are great, man. I like those. Yeah, that's a moment that uh, never changes. I got called out uh, in uh, Tacoma. I had pitched two games there, and the, the manager, Darren Brown, told me I was going back to double-A. And then he's like, I'm just messing with you. you got to fly to Oakland in you know, an hour and a half. you got to get to the airport <laughs> quick. But How long feeling, did he wait man, to tell you? He he told me he was like you know you we we got to get you on a flight uh, back to San Antonio and I was like what you know but I I was young so I thought it could happen and then he he was like I'm just kidding you're going to the big leagues but you got a flight in an hour and a half congratulations and that's great it's cool I remember just dancing around my hotel room freaking out and then I had to call my grandpa for red the airport but that feeling man when you finally I mean because you chase this dream your whole life so that feeling when it's finally yeah. official and you're going you know it's yeah, like we it's, have- the kids in the videos, you got to figure they know they're making the team or it's coming soon. And if, especially if you're a major prospect, you know, you know, you're yeah. going to be in the big leagues at some point. But it seems like that joy in their face when it actually happens is it, it's so legit and, and, and authentic every time. I like watching those. We asked Dodd what this means to him. And he said, I mean, it's everything. <laughs> he goes, yeah. you know, everybody their whole life dreams of this and I get to live it. Yep. And he said, now the important thing is. To stay, not just be satisfied being here. But uh, it's yeah. pretty cool because Dodd, by uh, pitching in St. Louis, he's only going to be like a few, uh, two or three hours from his hometown in Illinois, a little dinky town that he's from. Oh, so that's pretty section. Yep. And then uh, Schuster gets pitching in D.C. He went to he went to college at Wake Forest, and he's from uh, Massachusetts. So short flight there. Drive if some people from Wake Forest want to come see him pitch. So that works out too for the both of them. Um, somebody asked, uh, "Who's playing shortstop in the minors between Grissom and Shoemake?" And is that a telltale sign of who the Braves sees as the future shortstop? Um, Grissom is going to get the majority of time at shortstop, but their explanation for it is Shoemake has already established what he can do defensively at shortstop. They know he's a plus defender now at yeah. shortstop. Grissom played second base in the majors last year and is still working on all the stuff he worked with with Wash in the offseason, playing a major league shortstop, getting better and better. So they're going to give him the bulk of the shortstop duties at AAA, but not all of them. Shoemaker has not played a lot of second base. Can't hurt him to be able to play both positions yeah. too. So he's Especially going to get if you're the, not going to rake. Right. So he's going to get the bulk of the time at second base. But, again, they're both going to play both positions. But uh, I don't think it's a telltale sign. Because they know Shoemaker can play. I mean, if Shoemaker yeah, they need hits, to see Grissom at short. If Shoemaker hits in AAA this year, I mean, like he was hitting in spring, 
he could be the guy that comes up if they have an injury like they did last year, you know, at second base. If they were to have an injury at shortstop or RC would have fallen on his face, Schumann could be the guy if he's hitting. Well, uh, I think it'd they, be him most likely anyway, depending on Grissom's defense. Right. I think you're going to call the guy up that is going to play the best defense first. You know, even if Grissom's raking, I don't think right. they'd call him up to play short in the big league until they feel like he's defensively right. ready. But Shoemaker, you know what you're going to get defensively. I right. might go with him. Yeah, well, they hope they're not in that position at all. So, but yeah. uh, but RC has played well. He's had a good spring, and after getting the being named the starter, he had some really good games at the plate too. They feel they feel, they feel really good about that because he's a pro. He's been there. He's done it a lot, and and he's uh, he's solid defensively. Man, he's got a cannon for an arm. Good feet. He'll be he'll be fine there as long as he hits a little bit. Um, then they'll stick with that for a while and let those guys keep developing. But it's got it's got to be weird for Grissom, you know. He came up and it was part of that whole run last year. It did well. It did well, especially those first couple of weeks. He was in it was sensation. He was just one of the big stories in baseball for about two weeks. You know, you hit a homer over the monster in your debut. Yeah. So, but you know, Arcia played, got the starts all but three of the four games he started in the postseason series because Grissom had struggled so much down the stretch. So that'll be interesting, interesting situation there. It's an awkward, I mean, it's tough because especially if you've gone to the big leagues and had success and now you got to go back to AAA and, and work on your defense. Yeah. You know, that you like, you're always worried about your bat. And so to go back to AAA and it's like, it feels like a major step back, but yeah. if he gets his defense locked in, you know, I mean, it's, it's yeah. hard to look at it when you're that young, but what's one year in, in your long-term total career you can have? You want to be a utility guy? Or you want to yeah. be a starting major league shortstop? And he just turned 22. He's a couple yeah. of years younger than Shoemake. Three yeah. years younger than Shoemake. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's got to be a letdown, anticlimactic, whatever. I mean, you you spend the last couple of – you spend the last two months with the team last year. You work with Wash one-on-one all, all winter. Everybody's focused on you again. Probably you know, came into camp with zero, without even the possibility of starting the season in AAA. I'm sure he thought that. You yep. Know? Yep. Yeah, because nobody was really thinking. It was all him or Arcia, you know, competing for short. And we all thought it was going to be, I mean, pretty much we all thought it was Grissom's job to lose, and we wrote as much. So, anyway. um, I'd look at uh, – Who's going to win the division? Uh, I wrote each of us, the, the B writers that cover the Mets, Phillies, and me. We wrote about our team because those are the big three in the East. Obviously, that one of those teams going to win it, and they'll almost certainly finish first, second, and third, barring some big shocker from the Marlins and and, and you know Philly just falling their face. But I think the Phillies are fine even without Bryce for the first couple of months. They'll be back sooner than people I think originally thought, but. Uh, Oh, Reese Hoskins, man, that injury kills them. Ooh, that yeah, hurts. That hurts. Big home runs in a postseason. ACL, that sucks. He did it at almost the same time Chipper did his ACL his first year in spring training when he did first rookie season. He did his late in, in spring training too, like the last week. But yeah, that I said, hurts. I said the Braves when they win the division as long as I said they keep their main starters and run producers reasonably healthy. Max Fried and Spencer Strider make at least thirty starts apiece. Kyle Wright builds on his 21-win season last year. Um, and Ronald Acuna, 
who was just okay last year, good player last year, not a superstar. But the, but if he plays like his normal self, back to back to what he was before the knee injury in 2021, that's huge for the Braves. Um, yep. Those are just some of the things that I think if those things happen, um, that uh, and Matt Olson, he's just looked tremendous this spring, dude. That could be really big for them if he's uh, comes out of the shoot, you know, hitting for power. Last year he hit a ton of doubles early on, but it wasn't hitting home runs. Swing was all messed up. Um, that could be big for them. The lineup, he just if you can't pitch around Acuna, especially you know, leading off really. Teams don't want to do that pitch around. He's still leading off. So, but if you've got yeah. uh, if you got Olsen on deck, yeah, oof. you got to come see him. Riley behind him, he can steal. You know, I mean, it's uh, it, it, we're going to see too with the new bases. But if it's like he could legit take a bag on you at any time, yeah, can't walk him. It's a double, and you got Matt behind him, and Matt mm-hmm. can hit that top spin single to right now, and that's a run. Yeah, you know, without the shift, so it it changes a lot of things. All right. Well, we'll start uh, we'll start doing two of these shows a week next week with the regular season beginning, and uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun, man. It's gonna be a great year again in the division. I think it's gonna be the best division in baseball again. But yep. uh, thanks everybody, we appreciate it, and thanks for participating with the comments and all that over there. And yeah, it took us it. what two years to figure this out to figure it out. Yeah, you can see the comments. <laughs> During the stream. <laughs> yeah, before we had to wait for Cam to, to bring a question to our attention. Yeah. What, if Chris ends right. up replacing R.C. early, we could end up with all starting nine, having 20-plus stolen bases. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, I think the new rules could help the Braves as much as anybody. The new rules and adding Murphy, that was just the perfect time. Yeah. I've said I think that Murphy trade could end up being the biggest in baseball in the offseason, but just what he brings on both sides of the ball. He had a yeah. home run the other day, too, that was like, this dude can hit. That was a donkey hack. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was not getting cheated. Andy connected. Yeah. He's a big boy. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks. 755 is real. And we'll see y'all soon. Talk to you later. <laughs>